Welcome to Redeeming Motherhood, a podcast where moms get vulnerable, truth gets shared, and women find freedom in redeeming the heart of motherhood. I'm your host, Jillian Swire Shaw. In this episode, we'll be discussing some topics that may be triggering to listeners. Please listen with caution as we do our best to be sensitive and honoring to the topic of discussion. Hello and welcome back to another episode right here on Redeeming Motherhood. Today I have my family with me. I have Luke, my husband, and actually our daughter Jovi, who is five months old, is in the room with us. Luke, you want to say hi? Hey, everybody. <laughs> he's like <laughs> knows that he's talking to an audience of mostly women. So, um, but that's kind of why I wanted to bring him on here. I think there's some things that. A male's perspective is good for us to know, especially as spouses, as moms. There's a dad usually involved, so it's good for us to have a good give-and-take conversation. So that's what we're going to do today. So to introduce Luke, Luke, why don't you tell everyone how we met? Okay. Uh, Yeah, we met in California. Um, Your sister, if I remember right, Mm -hmm. uh, Jocelyn, she invited me and my brother Levi to uh, taco party and where you guys lived in the Pacific Palisades. Uh, go ahead. It was actually your sister and you. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. that's right. Okay, I forgot that. So Levi didn't start hanging out till later. No, he wasn't even there yet. He he hadn't moved yet. Okay, so it was me and Amber. Okay, we that's right. We mm-hmm. got yep. We got invited to a taco party. Loved that. Um, that was where we had met. Yes, and then. Yeah, do you want me to just leave it there? Yeah, That's we just we became met. friends okay. after that. So basically, we met at a taco party, which was super fun. Luke and I no longer live in Los Angeles, but we're super stoked that that's where our love story began. Oh, yeah. But we've been married for two and a half, just about two and a half years now, and we had just celebrated our first year anniversary, and two months later found out we were pregnant. So yep. Luke, really quick, what type of shock was that when you found out we were pregnant? Because we weren't actually trying. Oh, yeah. No, it was a major shock. We had actually made a plan. What was it? Like, like a that week? week. <laughs> a week before, made a plan to uh, start trying to have kids in a year. Yeah. And we were starting to make plans of making basically an international trip yep. before mm-hmm. we would start trying. And uh, yeah, as soon as as soon as we made that plan, because before we were always, we just never talked about it really. Yeah, we were we were good with just kind of waiting. And then just we were waiting. like, you know what? We should probably have a plan. Yeah. So we finally made one. And then like four days later, I ended up taking a pregnancy test <laughs> yeah. and we are pregnant. Yeah. So to answer your question, yeah, it was definitely a, a shock. A huge shock. In that sense, yeah. But a good thing because now here's little Jovi sitting with us. She's just oh, yeah. like gnawing on her pacifier. And we're hoping that distracts her long enough for us to be able to get through. Oh, yeah. The podcast. She's um, already grabbing all these cords. Yeah, she, can't she help is. Herself. I wish it was on video. But like I said, the reason I wanted to bring Luke on today was to kind of get a male's perspective on motherhood, actually. And what I did was I went on my personal Instagram account and actually just asked the question, um, word for word, it said, what is a topic within motherhood or parenting that you would like to hear a man's perspective on? And I got a few different answers. Two, I think, is what we're going to touch on. One a little bit more than the other. But some of them were very interesting. I got to read them to Luke so he can kind of have an idea of what we are going to talk about today. Um, But I guess we're just going to dive right into it. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Perspective. And I I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but one of your comments was um, what you So your question was what 
what do you want a man man's perspective on? And <laughs> yeah. one of the answers was, I don't. Yes. <laughs> so I'm a little bit nervous to be no. here right now, but I will, uh, I'll do my best. Well, I think it's important to note too, you're answering on behalf of men. So exactly. right, I think right. it's important. Now I might not be, not everyone may agree with me on this, but I actually do think it's super important, even as women to understand a man's perspective on motherhood and what that looks like. Because the reality is, if you have a child, there was a man involved at some point. Likely, it's a spouse or a partner. So it is important to understand each other's point of view and have really good, open, and honest communication with each other so that we're all better off for it. All right, so the first topic that was brought up was mental load. And it's actually a friend of mine from back in Florida. She brought up how basically as women, we are programmed and raised to carry the mental load of motherhood. I thought it was very interesting kind of reading what she was talking about, even like what you pack in a bag for your baby or what needs to be done as far as house chores or dinners and all those different things. As a female, it's just always in our brain. So it feels like often our brain never gets a break because we're constantly running. And what she decided to do was recognize that for a man, it's often a list that they're focused on. Luke, I feel like you can agree to that to an extent. Like we create a list of things that need to be done in the house so that you're always aware of like what it is that needs to be done. Yeah. Is that just easier for you? Is that how you're able to remember what's going on as opposed to just carrying it in your brain all the time? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, that that's accurate. Um I'm always better with lists. I, I like being able to see everything that needs to be done and checking it off that list. Um, I have noticed when I'm when I'm with you, I tend to – so if I'm by myself, mm-hmm. I tend to take initiative of yeah. things I need to do. I, I plan ahead and yeah. I'll think – I'll basically create my own list. Where right. When I'm with somebody else, uh, with you, um, I think, one, you're, you're so good at it naturally um, – that I kind of I do kind of lean on you to almost create that list yeah. in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget to take initiative, I guess you can say. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. Yeah. I feel like that's probably part of it. You, as a man, you can probably see that even as a mom, it's almost instinctively happening, and it happens immediately. <laughs> Jovi is literally losing her mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the mental load. Have you noticed? pretty like right from the start that that mental load and the capacity that I carry as a mom of all the things that need to be done. Have you seen that secondhand watching? Can you tell that my mind is always running with things that need to be done? Oh, yeah. I think you're consistently considering that. And that was her burp just now, I think. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you're you're always, you know, I, I don't I don't think you've ever, you know, been to the point where I, I can tell in the sense where you're you're stressed out sure. so much or you're always frustrated or anything like that. But I can definitely see. So your your mind, it seems like you're always thinking three steps ahead. So, again, not that you're stressed out or, or frustrated, which at times we all are, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I can definitely see that you're constantly thinking about Jovi uh, and even me. Like, mm-hmm. what do we need to get done to make sure this is okay? And I've heard you say time and time again, like, sometimes I'll say, hey, just relax or, or not you know, not saying relax, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, take let's a, just take, take this mind mm-hmm. time to take a break. Um, and a lot of times your response is, well, I know that if I take a break right now, mm-hmm. it's not going to get done later. And yeah. it has to get done by this time. Because if we don't get it done, Joey's going to be really frustrated. Her sleep schedule is going to yeah. be off. So like, 
you're considering all these things. I'm like, oh man, you know, you're right. Like if we don't do this right now, we can't get Joby down in time. Yeah. And then me and you can't have our, me and you can't have our own loan time. Right. So yeah, I can see that that's, that's on your mind quite a bit. Yeah. If, if you were to split a mental load, because basically what this friend of mine from Florida does is she determined in her mind that carrying the mental load as a mom all alone was just too much. So what she did was she kind of designated like things to each other. So her husband is in charge of all things school related with the kids. So homework, uh, permission slips, agenda signings, lunches, those types of things he's in charge of. So basically she doesn't have to carry any mental capacity involving that. But she Mm. also has chosen not to give him a list because she feels it's just as much his responsibility to be able to have a mental list of that so that she's not carrying or creating that load at all. Do you feel like it's possible, maybe not necessarily intuitive, but possible to split the mental load? So part of that can come off the mom and the mom can actually choose to release that and give that to her husband. And I also want to stress that I say choose because I'm guilty of this. Even if I hand things off to you, my mind is still holding on to what needs to be done because I need to make sure that it actually gets done. And that's actually wearing on me. And that's not fully trusting my spouse or partner to do what we've agreed you to do. So what do you think a mental load for a male looks like? And how is it that as moms and as wives or partners, we can actually transfer that over in a healthy way? Yeah. Um, I think having having a list for me personally would is always helpful, like sure. I mentioned. Um, I think it's not, it, it, it's not fair to basically expect that you would have that list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can forget to. And like I said earlier, when I'm, when I'm with you, my mind tends to forget to take initiative on those types right. of things. But I think it is, it, it is fair to say, um, you know, this, this part of the list is mine. This part of the list is yours. Yeah. And let me take care of that in my own time. Um, because yeah, like just kind of thinking about it, if, if you decided, you know what, I'm not going to take initiative. I'm going to do what Luke said, and I'm just going to chill out. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed like nothing was getting done that like you would usually do. Mm-hmm. That may cause like some tension or sure. like maybe that might be a frustrating if I'm seeing like instead, like if Joby starts crying, if I'm always the one that has to get up and get her, or right. if I'm always the one that has to change the diapers or, you know, if it's always like that, that could get, that could get frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um so same thing on this end. Like if you feel like there's something that I've I haven't been doing because I'm I'm forgetting to take initiative on it, initiative on it, I'm sure that that would be frustrating for right, you, right? right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's fair to to take a list and say, okay, I'm going to worry about these things. You're going to worry about these things. Uh, but I also think it's important to communicate still, yeah, um, and be a team on on a lot of that. You know, you want to make sure maybe maybe Joe Joey and <laughs> Joey, maybe <laughs> if Jovi's in a different leap, you know, yeah. uh, where she's growing and she's kind of changing a little bit. And I and I've never experienced something before. I want to mm-hmm. run something by you, obviously, sure. before I take initiative. Like, let's say my job was to make sure she's fed, mm-hmm. um, you know, if she had allergic reaction or let's say I didn't know what type of food to pack, mm-hmm. type of food to pack her that day because maybe we're switching up the food and you yeah, know, we're starting something new, starting something new. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, at, at that point, I would bounce questions off of you. Um, yeah. So basically just making sure we're having teamwork and communication yeah. and all that. But um, it, it's fair to definitely have uh, a separate list and each of us are responsible for for both that of portion. those. Yeah. I think that's really good. I actually remember at my baby shower, my sister-in-law wrote me a card. And in the card, she kind of was basically saying, like, 
you're going to naturally like deal with a lot of these things. One, because we carry the child. I think in a lot of ways it's instinctual, all those things. But she stressed, be sure to allow Luke to play a bigger role in parenting than you may naturally want to give over. Because I think as moms sometimes it can become our identity or we get very um, protective of it or like, well, I just know how to do it, so I'll do it. But really, that's not beneficial to anyone at the end of the day, because usually that pushes mom to burn out, Mm -hmm. especially if you're having multiple kids and you're trying to care for everyone and everything. But also it's not you're kind of robbing your spouse or um, the dad of being able to nurture and play that role with their child as well. So I think it all goes back to the idea of mental load, of sharing duties and having open communication And really, like you said, being a team and keeping that the priority and the focus of how you decide to parent your kids. And it's going to look different for everybody. But teamwork is, at the end of the day, I think the most beneficial for the family. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some of it is generational. Like you said, like Mm -hmm. naturally as a mom, like you're the one that carried the baby. Sure. You have a natural bond with that child that I'll never have. Right. And I know that. Uh, But I think it's important for us guys to realize like, especially with the generation and day and age that we live in, for instance, let's take cost of living, right? I don't think any time previously my parents and your parents had Mm -hmm. to deal with, you know, both set of parents working full time. Right, it was different. And not having, you know, a nanny. Like nowadays, me and you both have to work full time to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. We have to have a nanny. Mm -hmm. So basically me and you are in the same exact role. We're both working the same amount of time. So Mm -hmm. when I get home, I am also responsible for all those things. I can't let that fall in my way because that's, you know, she's done just as much much work as as I have done. So Mm -hmm. I need to step up and take um, the part mentally to relieve some of that stress when I get home as Mm -hmm. well. Um, You know, I I think it's important to remember we're not, we're not babysitters. We're dads, right? Yes, it's Um, so good. (laughs) Yeah. I made the mistake of saying that uh, to a friend and I didn't mean it actually like, oh, I'm a babysitter. I think I just said it as like a joke or whatever. Um, And he reminded me, he's like, you're not a babysitter, man. You're a dad. Um, I think, you know, my dad and his parents, Mm -hmm. it was so strictly, you know, dad, yeah, mom does this, dad does this. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Like if that's what, you know, works for you, if that's what works for you, that's Mm -hmm. what works for you. That's awesome. Um, as long as you guys have communicated about that, right. And agreed upon it. Right. Mm -hmm. But if somebody is working full time and being full time mom Mm -hmm. or full time dad, I mean, I wouldn't want to do that. No, I think that would be exhausting. Yeah. And again, I commend, I know I've said it in previous podcasts, but I absolutely commend single parents, single parent dads, single parent moms who are doing all of it because honestly, I don't know how you do it. I think it's absolutely incredible and clearly God graces you with everything you need to be able to do it. So kudos yeah. to you yeah we were talking about that the other day yeah I, I can't imagine i have such respect for for single parents who take that on because yeah that 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 would be a hard job absolutely okay so here's a dad question when you became a dad what in your life for you changed the most dramatically yeah i feel like there's a lot of pressure to that question actually Okay, explain. Yeah. Uh, I feel like a lot of people have asked me that since we've had the kid. Yeah. Um, I feel personally like I'm supposed to have this grand answer. Sure. Uh, for me, it's been like a process, actually. Okay. I feel like I'm growing with Jovi. That's awesome. Um, 
when she was born, obviously, you know, when when the baby's born, it's incredible. It's an incredible moment. Sure. You know, I teared up. You teared up. Yeah. It was awesome. It was amazing. But it wasn't like, oh, now I've got this like profoundly different uh, perspective on sure. life and, you know, being a dad. I still felt the exact same way. <laughs> was that surprising to you, though? Very. You I was waiting for the different. moment where it was like, whoosh, like this this wisdom or this knowledge like rushes over yeah. me and and i hear so many people talk about being becoming a dad and they, they talk about how you know incredible like it felt and they they just felt like you know nothing else mattered and i don't want to sound um like i didn't care about jovi understand i i love jovi Absolutely. and i would die for her mm-hmm. but for me it was a growing process like like anything else um i had to grow an attachment. I, I don't want to sound. Does it sound bad? No, because I think I actually appreciate the honesty in that because I think that there's this idea and concept apparently for dads too. Because I've only heard it from the mom's perspective, but this idea that you should instantly feel bonded to your child and that love should be so overwhelming. But really, and maybe it's different for everyone. But really, it's it oftentimes can be a bond that grows over time. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's been growing and getting stronger. And and I so like the first two months, mm-hmm. it's a lot of, you know, again, you love this baby with all your heart, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of give. Right. Yeah. The baby doesn't know how to communicate anything, mm-hmm. hardly any facial expressions that yeah. are intentional, you know, just sleep, eating and going to the bathroom, sleep, eat, going to the bathroom. Um, and it's a blessing and it's amazing that I get to do that. That's a privilege. Um, but there's no connection. Right. You know, I, I didn't carry that baby. There's no connection. Yeah. Just one one day, there's this child. I know it's mine. Sure. But I don't have any like tangible or physical stress that told me that it was mine. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was along with you in the journey, and I feel I felt like I was more connected to you mm-hmm. when we had the baby yeah. than I had ever been. But it was just this child now that I I was learning yeah. to take care of and grow and bond with. Uh, after month three, you know, I felt like. I was like, okay, I'm I'm starting to feel a little bit like yeah. a dad. But I would say right now, I feel like I love her even more now than the day that she came out, yeah. if, if oh, that makes totally. sense. Well, I think that's natural, right? Even when you get married, you love someone more now than you did the day you got married or the day you right. met. So the love continues to grow, which is such a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. So again, let me clarify my point, I guess. It wasn't that, again, that I didn't, yeah. and I, I probably don't even need to clarify this. It wasn't that I didn't love her when she was arrived. It's that it wasn't as, like, crazy as some people say it is. Or like the movies. Or like the movies say sure. it is. Um, it's awesome, but it's it had to grow on me. Yeah. I will also just add, I did have that, that moment I was kind of looking for recently where we were, I was sitting in the rocking chair, and she was, she was crying, and uh, I was singing You Are My Sunshine. Yeah. I just had this image of God rocking us as as children singing you are my sunshine and i remember looking at joe and be like i like wow i love you so much and realizing like this is the same way god takes care of us like he cradles us and rocks us and sings to us like he loves us so much and then also like it's funny because she's crying but i've got everything she needs right like i've got a new diaper for her i've got food for her Mm -hmm. i've got you know warm clothes for her i've got everything she needs and she's still crying and I feel like sometimes yeah. we do that, you know, totally. in our relationship with God. It's like we have everything that we need. Mm-hmm. And God's like, dude, like, don't worry about tomorrow. Like, I've got food for you. Yeah. I've got clothes for you. I've got money for you guys. Like, you're going to be provided for. 
but still we cry and i feel like sometimes god just like smiling at us rocking us like yeah like don't worry i got this yeah. like, you're fine you're fine that's you know so good so that was my moment where i was like wow that's that's a really cool new yeah. perspective but that wasn't immediate for me mm -hmm. that took a long you know several several months yeah no, that's actually a good perspective to know. And maybe, too, if there's any moms out there who might almost feel like their husband isn't bonding with the kid or there is a lack of emotional connection, maybe this is a good opportunity for you to now go home and have that conversation with your spouse and just say, hey, like, explain to me what your bond looks like and be patient with them. Because obviously, if I were to get frustrated with Luke at the beginning being like, it feels like you're not even trying to bond with her or like you don't know her. That wouldn't be fair to him. Like his journey is different than ours. We carry that child for nine months. So it looks different naturally. And that's absolutely okay. And I can vouch for you, Luke. You're an incredible dad. And your love for Jovi <laughs> well, is Well, you have known. to say that. So thank you. So for another question I want to ask is from your perspective, how have you seen motherhood change me, change our marriage, and change our way of life? Um. You know, this is another one that might be an unorthodox answer. Uh -oh. I don't think you have changed. Oh, uh, that's a. I feel. Like, <laughs> I think I'm okay with that. Um, I think you're an excellent mother. Thank you. I think you. I mean, you've always been extremely good at communication. Obviously, that's why you do podcasts. Um, with me on on how you feel about you know your responsibilities with kid, my responsibilities with kid responsibilities around the house i feel like we've always had an established flow of communication yeah and i just feel like that just hasn't changed the responsibility grew but mm -hmm. you were still you has it affected our marriage at all or what's different maybe not affect because i think effect makes it sound like something's changed in a maybe a negative way but do you feel like anything in our marriage has changed um i mean obviously man's perspective yeah man's perspective I've noticed you've been a lot more vulnerable with sex. <laughs> He's going there. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, you wanted a man's perspective. Um, not in a bad way, mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, or not for whatever reason, but like, yeah, definitely it's, you've, I'll just leave it at that. You've been more <laughs> vulnerable with sex. Um, you know, other than that, mm. I think we have to be very intentional with quality time. Yeah, for sure. You know, a lot of, I know your big thing is quality time. That's yeah. one of your love languages or your main one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, it's hard to get quality time when you have a kid. Yeah. Um, you know, we luckily have, you know, your your sister and, and my brother-in-law, you know, we have date nights once a month though. Yeah, so we rotate. They just had a baby as well. So we rotate watching each other's kids. So <laughs> we get free childcare. Which is awesome. A lot it of people don't even awesome. get that. A no, lot of people don't even get that. Blessing. But, you know, we used to I would say we would go out like maybe once or twice during Monday through Friday and then every yeah. weekend. Yeah, we definitely Saturday and Sunday. And so we don't get that very much at all. So that's definitely um changed in our mm -hmm. marriage. Um but also it's changed in good ways too. Yeah. Like I feel like having Jovi has made both of us more resilient in a sure. lot of ways. Um, it's forced us to communicate even more, mm -hmm. um, and it's something to to bond around. You know, yeah. I know it. You know, we, we have we do have our quality time. We still talk about Jovi and stuff. Yeah, um, we're kind of intentional not to talk about Jovi on because night, sure. you know we talk about Jovi every single day and we yeah. love it. But on date night, we try to you know focus on each other and yeah. get back to to us. But um, yeah, quality times changed and sex is great. <laughs> But you've been more vulnerable. 
Am I allowed to say that on this yeah, podcast? You can say All it. right, Go cool. There. <laughs> I think everyone who's listening to this podcast is a mom, which means you've had sex. So I think that's fair to talk about. And, and it's and it's a genuine part of of marriage after having kids as well. Yeah, and can I say this too, just to 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 add, um, if there are any guys out there that if your wife is being more vulnerable, if you're having an issue with that, um, you should get over yourself. You know, she's <laughs> been she's been through a lot. You know literally carried a child for nine months push a child out i mean i would be vulnerable too so be very patient with your wife like those things are are god-given those things are natural and you need to be patient with your wife if if you're giving your wife a hard time for being vulnerable or stuff like that you know i i i I disagree with that (laughs) if that's also okay to say Um, it is okay to say yeah so i'll leave it there Leave it there. Maybe one of these other podcasts in the future we can talk about. I could talk about sex all day. <laughs> I bet you could. We can do an intimacy podcast sometime because I do think it is important, especially as parents. Uh, you can easily forget about each other or just kind of focus everything around the kids. And I think a lot of people warn you about that, but you realize how quickly it can happen if you're not intentional. Um, so the other topic that came up when I asked this on Instagram was actually about miscarriages. And uh, I want to be super sensitive to that topic. I have had sisters, sisters, um, sister-in-laws, and friends who have gone through miscarriages, and I personally have not. So I do not want to speak to this topic as if I know personally, but I have journeyed through uh the heartache and the heartbreak that comes with miscarriages and have had very open conversations with Luke about it because obviously um, the first time you're carrying your own child, it does cross your mind. Is this something that's going to be a part of my life? Is this going to be a part of my story? Is is my baby going to make it to the end or am I not going to see this child until I, I get to eternity and meet them in heaven? And one, I have to say like the hope of heaven after having a loss, uh, like losing a child in a miscarriage, is that much more heartwarming and exciting to know that one day you will get to meet that child. But I thought it was interesting that they wanted to hear a man's perspective on this topic. And so, um, Luke, you can kind of touch on it to the extent that we've talked about it or uh, maybe that you've heard other men talk about. But again, I want to stress on behalf of both of us, we haven't journeyed through this. Um, So, Please keep that in mind while we talk about it, um, and we'll be as sensitive to the topic as possible. But Luke, what do you think a man's point of view is on it as they journey alongside their their spouse? Yeah, and and you put it really well. Um, I think there's there's going to be restoration in heaven for yeah. that for sure. And and I haven't um, I haven't had to go through that. We haven't had to. And um, you know, I, I know a couple people that I have. I I haven't had deep conversations with them. You know, those are sensitive topics, so mm-hmm. it's hard to get vulnerable, obviously. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine. Um, I mean, I couldn't imagine going through that. That would be that would be tragic. Um, it would be very, very devastating. I, I will say I feel like from, again, from a man's perspective, yeah. right? Like, okay, yeah. problem-solving time. You know, my first reaction would want to be like, what what is it that we did wrong? Mm. which I feel like could easily translate into, well, like from your perspective, are you asking me what am I, what did I do what wrong? What did I do wrong, Is it right. my, Are you saying it was my fault? Right. I would have to be really careful if that were ever to happen to not ever, um, yeah, just basically to shut my mouth in those in those instances yeah. and not start creating that list of like, okay, where did, we, where did we go wrong here? Because 
I don't want to ever make you feel like you did mm-hmm. something wrong to cause that to happen to our, our child. I think, like again, you, you think as a man, your first instinct is problem solving. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of times that's where we want to go, you know, like, like let's figure out. And I know a lot of women are like that, too, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess from my perspective, naturally, I would want to think like, OK, what did we do wrong so we could prevent this from happening? But I had to be really careful on how I would approach that. Yeah. And I think. Again, we haven't gone through it, but I think this is where the emotional disconnect, dare I say, between the mom who's carrying the baby and loses the baby and the the husband or father who did not carry the baby yeah. are differing. So I remember talking to a husband of someone who just lost um, their child in a miscarriage, and the husband had said, I didn't really have a connection yet, so it doesn't feel as much of a loss to me, but I feel for my wife. And so I yeah. think when it comes to journeying uh, alongside your your wife in a miscarriage is just being the support system, listening, being the shoulder to cry on, being there to encourage, and like you said, to be extremely mindful of any type of questions you're asking Yeah. because at the end of the day, it's not what the mom did. It was an, an unfortunate situation that happens because we live in a broken world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, maybe maybe that is how I'd feel. Maybe I, because I didn't have, you know, like we talked about earlier, like maybe I, I, I didn't had nothing to connect to that baby with. Yeah. So maybe it wouldn't. Well, I know it wouldn't be the same yeah, be uh, between me and you. But, I mean, I would, I would imagine it'd still be... Um, very sad and, and tragic, but yeah, maybe, maybe that's how it would be. Again, yeah. I don't have, um, I want to be careful about what I, what I say, cause I've never been through it. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, um, when it comes to the topic of miscarriages and going through a miscarriage with your spouse, all I could do. And the only thing I could have control over in those moments, being as vulnerable and honest and real with what I was going through with my husband, because if I wasn't letting him know what questions were hurting my heart or what um, guilts or shame I was feeling for whatever reason or any of those things, if I'm not telling him, then those thoughts and lies are just building up inside. And then unfortunately, when we believe lies, like guilt usually creeps in. And so um, I think there's healing to always be had when there's heartbreak and loss. So being able to walk through that healing process with your spouse and inviting him into that. And obviously, um, that needs to be a safe space. Your spouse needs to be able to allow you to be vulnerable and care for you in that way. And if he's not, then I then I'm not sure. I don't want to encourage you to be super vulnerable if that's not being received well in those moments because you're you're so sensitive and vulnerable yourself. So to subject yourself to heartache or more guilt or shame is probably not the best idea. But I pray for you that you have a spouse that would love nothing more than to be there to support you and walk through it with you. Um, but uh, it's it's crazy. Miscarriage is a huge part of our world. Um, and it's heartache, but I just I'm I long for those who have lost their children to to meet that child again face to face in heaven. What a gift that would be! So those are the two topics we kind of wanted to touch on. I hope that um, I hope they were helpful and insightful for you moms to hear a little bit of a man's perspective um, on 
parenting and then also uh, touching on miscarriages. I know that it's a super sensitive subject and I hope we did it well and served it well and honored it well. But we just want to... Jovi is about to lose. Yeah, so if this you is hear any panting, <laughs> panting throughout this podcast, it's it's definitely her. It's our child just going. <sighs> yeah, she she's in to... that phase of life. She's five months old. I think at the end of the day, men and women are different, but we work best when we work together, when we're honest and communicate well, and we're vulnerable with each other. Oh yeah, I always like to compare it to like um, some kind of a uh, sport or something. Like yeah. let's say, <laughs> let's say uh, you know. If we were on a, a soccer team together, sure. if we were both goalies, we wouldn't make very very, very many points, yeah. would we? You know, You're right. Um, so it's it's a great thing that that men and women are are different. And I think it's something to um, honor. To honor, yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody's got to be a goalie, and somebody's got to make the goals. That's um, right. And sometimes and you got to switch. Yeah. I like that. He said it before I did, so <laughs> I'll give him credit for that. Um, But thank you again for joining us on Redeeming Motherhood. I hope this was encouraging to you. I hope that it was um, talked about in an honoring and sensitive way. And we just hope that this is helpful for you and your spouse and your family as we move forward. And for all you mamas out there, remember to keep redeeming the heart within you and redeeming the heart of motherhood.